0: Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. You found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Friday, October the 1st. And today we're going to send you into the weekend with a little bit of encouragement from the Word of God. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Hi, I'm Heidi St. John. You probably know my name because I've been working hard for the people of Washington State for the past 17 years. Now I'm running for Congress in Washington's 3rd Congressional District, and I need your help. I'm running against several big money Republican opponents in the primary, and I am determined to prove that a grassroots campaign financed by working men and women can still compete with super PACs and mega donors. To make a difference, please visit HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. So I'm glad you guys are here. You made it to the 1st of October. Congratulations. Uh, a lot of people are, were wondering if we would make it this far, and we did. A couple of things coming up on my calendar. I'm looking here, and I want to just let you know, because I uh, my life's sort of on fire right now, that if you are following me at MomStrong International, we are getting ready to start a brand new study. We'll be in the book of First Timothy. This is a great time uh, to get your kids into the Word of God and equip them. You know, uh, And when I was growing up, we memorized a verse, you know, your word have I hid in my heart. You guys remember this? Uh, "Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And one of the passions, the driving forces of my life for the last 15 years has been ministry to mothers, uh, women in general, mothers in particular, to really encourage you to a place of biblical literacy. And you have an opportunity to do that right now with all of the things that are happening in the world around us, the uncertainty, the overreach of government, the crackdown on religious institutions. Uh, I don't know if you guys are watching what's happening in Canada, but it is absolutely shameful what that country is doing uh, to Pastor Arthur. Watch that story. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. But Christianity is under assault. So uh, Pastor Arthur flies back to Canada, which, you know, Good on him. I probably wouldn't have gone back, but he flew back to Canada and uh, upon landing was immediately arrested. What was his crime? Holding church services, baptizing his daughter. This is exactly what is happening in the world right now. And the Bible tells us that we are supposed to hide the word of God in our hearts. And I think that there's not very many things that are, I would say, as alarming as the trend of biblical illiteracy within the church. So we are dying right now in the church because we don't know God's word and we can't defend it. And I'm going to encourage you guys to a place of biblical literacy. Spend some time in the word of God with your children and do what what Moses instructed in Deuteronomy. When you rise up and when you lie down, when you walk along the road, instruct your children and yourselves in the ways of the Lord. And I think now you know, more than ever, as I'm watching, there's not very many people that know the most basic contents of the Bible. And 50 years ago, that wasn't the case. 50 years ago, you know, people, you know, they they went to church. They at least had some rudimentary understanding of the Bible, but now they don't. And our churches, unfortunately, the social justice warriors and the woke churches. And uh, I'm going to come back on Monday, by the way, and give you guys uh, a little bit of glossary understanding of the social justice rhetoric that's all throughout the culture right now. So in other words, what does woke mean? A couple of you guys asking me questions. So I'm gonna come back on Monday. And we'll talk about that stuff, but the United States is officially a secular nation and the founding fathers, while they were not all professing Christians, at least most of them had a rudimentary understanding of the Bible and a Christian worldview had shaped their understanding of government. And the farther we move away from that biblical model of government, the more you will see the secular humanism creeping in and the more we will lose our freedom, the Bible is very clear that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And so I want to encourage you guys, this is the best time of year to do it. Today is the first day of the scripture writing challenge. If you've been on the fence about this, if you've just been like, you know, I just don't know about that. Or maybe you think I want to, but I just, I haven't made time. Make time. Do it right now before you can't do it. Uh, You can go to HeidiStJohn.com and find out more about the ministry. You can just go directly to it, MomStrongInternational.com, and you can join thousands of other women who are going through the Word of God every single month with us. There is a program for your littles called Kid Strong. Uh, I was reading a Chuck Swindoll I love insight for a living. I've followed Chuck Swindoll for most of my life, and he actually wrote about this. He said, "I'm not going to harangue you with a long essay decrying the the downfall of spiritual America. I'd rather focus on the good news. There is a solution. While there is no quick and easy cure all that will suddenly eliminate the grind of biblical illiteracy." I do believe that one particular discipline, more than any other, will ease the burden. When I began to get serious about spiritual things, it was this discipline that helped me the most. No other decision has been as profoundly helpful to me as memorizing scripture. And he talks about the same verse that that I told you at the beginning of the show today, uh, which comes from Psalm 119, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin Against thee, uh, a more modern uh, modern rendering of that verse, of course, appears in the NIV, I' have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now the term hidden expresses the idea of treasuring the Bible in the same way that a miser might hoard gold coins and keep them in a secret vault. And uh, Chuck goes on to say, over the years, I have hoarded Bible verses, gathering a storehouse of them in my mind. I can recall more than one occasion. When the memorized word of God rescued me from sexual temptation, it was uh, it was as though God pulled me down out an an imaginary shade between the other person and me, and inscribed on the surface were the words, "Be not deceived; God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap." I had committed that verse to memory as a teenager, and during times when I felt profound loneliness. Scripture that I had memorized rescued me from the pit of depression. Verses like Isaiah 41.10. You guys know that verse, right? Uh, and Isaiah so clearly, I mean, that guy had been through suffering and had seen so much devastation in his lifetime. And he wrote, don't be afraid for I am with you, says the Lord. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Uh, this is the word of God. And, and we are meant to study it, to hide it in our hearts. This has been uh the life's ambition really for my husband and myself as we've discipled our seven children for the last 30 years. And I'm going to encourage you, uh, get into the word of God. You know, you know, open up your Bible. And when we talk about memorization, before I, I'm going to answer some questions today, but before we talk about memorization and and feel like, oh man, I'm overwhelmed or the mom who's like, I just can't do it a lot of that memorization comes through just steady reading of the word. And we read it over and over again. You know, how come um, I know the, the, uh, the words to the Star Spangled Banner? Well, it's not because I sat down and committed them to memory. It's because I've sung that song a thousand times over my lifetime and I love it. And now I can sing it in my sleep. The same with amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Why do we know those songs? Because we've sang them over and over and over again. It's, repetition. There's something powerful about repetition. So even if you don't have a plan to memorize scripture, you're being in the word consistently. And the Lord is going to bring, the Lord honors the reading of his word. And he will bring those verses back to you. And I'm telling you right now, you guys will be blessed. So stay in the word, read the word, his word, a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Again, today's the first day for the Scripture Writing Challenge, MomStrong International, and that Bible study in the book of 1 Timothy is gonna begin on Monday. So I hope you guys will check it out and join me over there at momstronginternational.com. All right, I'm gonna read a couple of your questions today. So today is Friday, uh, but before I do that, I want to read to you some off-the-bench stories. You guys ready? These are my favorite. Uh, This one comes out of Missouri. She said, Heidi, I wouldn't consider myself a seasoned mom just yet, maybe more like (laughs) half-baked. I love that. I have a few new moms in my life that have entered motherhood during COVID. They feel disconnected from other moms and their local churches. I have started a Bible study in my home where children are welcome and not a hindrance. I don't want children to be an obstacle and I want to reflect what I see in scripture to these moms. Okay, I'm gonna stop you right there. You didn't put your name in here, so I'm assuming you want to be anonymous. but this mom in Missouri has it absolutely right. Do you know that you don't have to be an expert in the Word of God? You don't have to be uh, really far along in your walk in your in your motherhood journey. you don't have to be an expert in homeschooling. you just have to want to learn it and walk alongside with these moms and that's what uh, that's what this mom in Missouri is doing. She said uh, I didn't want child care to be an obstacle and I wanted to reflect what I see in scripture. When Moses read the law, the little ones were in his arms, and Jesus rebuked those with the wrong view of children being afoot. I'm not writing to toot my own horn, but to hopefully encourage listeners that it really is that easy. If you see a need, pray about it and meet it. In my case, it just takes a pot of coffee, getting out a few extra toys, and opening God's word with a few of my new mama friends. This is the heart of God, and I'm telling you, You've got your kids on your lap. You know, I wrote about this in Becoming mom strong. Your kids are on your lap, they're, or they're sitting around you, you know, eating cereal in the morning or whatever, and you're reading the Bible out loud to them. Or maybe you're reading a Bible story and then reading a little bit of scripture to your children. And as you do that, uh, the Holy Spirit is gonna help you commit those things to memory. That is the place to start. And uh, I told you yesterday, and I, I believe this with all my heart, God honors your commitment to, to be in his word. I love that love that love that. Thank you so much for writing in. All right, I'm going to get to a couple of your questions and you know, I would say before before I do, listen, you guys know this about me. I'm just a homeschool mom who's been raising a bunch of kids for 30 years from Battleground who happens to be running for Congress and what I have felt has worked for me for so long. Is just a willingness to be honest with you. To say when I don't have it all together. To say when I'm frustrated or discouraged. Uh, I think that that people are less encouraged by my successes and more encouraged when we struggle and stumble and sometimes even fall. It's the getting back up. So for those of you who are listening, who's like, I'm not in the word, or I was doing it, or I'm not doing it now, or I'm, you know, I'm, I know, I'm a, you know, losing instead of winning at motherhood right now. It's all right right? We've all been there. Get back up. Get back up. We serve the God of second chances who's, who calls us to himself and says, I'm right here. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And that encouragement is found in just being honest with each other and walking this thing out together. So I just wanted to encourage you that, that, uh, that way. All right, let's start with Robin from Indiana. Heidi, my family and I are planning a road trip from Indiana to your home state of Washington. Woot, woot. Uh, there's a wedding in Vancouver. All right, so Rob, Robin, I'm gonna stop you right there and say, if you're coming to Vancouver for a wedding, come to the Homeschool Resource Center. Let me know that you're in town and we'll roll out the red carpet for you. We were notified of your governor's tyrannical mask mandates and the associated citations. We'd planned to see the Pacific Ocean, but the mask mandates are even worse there. Masks outside, What? Uh, Any thoughts or suggestions? We are so thankful for you and your ministry. P.S. I've gotten off the bench recently by attending the local library board meetings. Thank you for the suggestion to do so. All right, so Robin, you're welcome. So let me clear a few things up. Uh, Even though the governor here is a tyrant, and he is, And even though the mask mandate uh, extends to uh, businesses, which they do, there are more and more and more people every single day going, wait a second, something is not right. And people are starting to wake up. I would not be afraid to visit the Pacific Northwest. Nobody's going to arrest you. No one's going to give you a citation. No one's going to do any of those things. So what you want to do is be free. Come here and act like what you are, which is a free citizen of the United States of America. So I live here and we're doing just fine. Is it very much fun? No. Every time that my governor opens his mouth, I'm cringing, but we are really praying that this terrible overreach, really, I mean, in large part, what the the government is doing, I think right now, is they're just throwing us a football with all of this ridiculousness that we're seeing. And our job is not to fumble it. They just passed us the ball. We can't fumble it, which means, in 2022, we better be off the bench and onto the battlefield. You know, it's a huge part of the reason why uh, I'm running for Congress and why I'm encouraging you guys to get engaged. So I wouldn't worry at all about going to see the Pacific Ocean, some of the most beautiful, uh, beautiful landscape and beautiful scenery in the entire nation. And I have been everywhere in this beautiful nation. Uh, Come on out, see the Pacific Ocean. And if you walk into a business and they're awful, Find a business that isn't awful. Uh, that's what I've been doing for, oh, I don't know, 17 months now. <laughs> so And come and see the Homeschool Resource Center. Get a cup of coffee. This is some of the best coffee in the Pacific Northwest and it's uh, roasted locally. And that's the Raft Coffee Shop. We got a bookstore here. Come on out uh, and we'll love on you guys. Krista from New York. Heidi, how can I reconcile feelings of guilt that I have for my very social six-year-old that she's not getting the same amount of peer interaction as he did in public school. He also loved recess and PE and misses those. We do playground meetups and he has a few friends he sees regularly, but it still doesn't seem like enough in comparison to what he had in the public school. All right, Krista, so the first thing I'm gonna call out for you is what I hear from you is mom guilt. So I would say unpack your bags, get off the guilt train. Nobody's gonna send you on that guilt train but yourself. And your six-year-old can't send you on the guilt train. He can't drive you crazy unless you give him the keys. So don't give him the keys. There are lots of things that we do that are in the best interest of our children that bum them out. Eat your vegetables, make your bed, unload the dishwasher. Oh, sorry, you didn't. You know, you know, disobeyed mom and so now you don't get that privilege and now you're upset because you didn't get to go to that birthday party. Or whatever it is, but I think you know, as you are so rightly pointing out in your in your letter to me, you have these feelings of guilt that your six year old is um, projecting maybe toward you. So I think the answer, and I can relate to this on a couple of different levels because we pulled our daughter out when she was in second grade. Now this was twenty four years ago, uh, but we pulled her out, and I just remember thinking, you know, I'm screwing up my kid. She's not going to have any friends. We didn't pull her out so she wouldn't have friends. We pulled her out so that we could be in the driver's seat of for education. Homeschooling doesn't mean that your kids aren't socialized. It doesn't mean that they won't have friends. So your job is to come up with ways to help your, your six-year-old have some opportunities to meet friends. Maybe that's you're inviting people to your house, getting involved in your local homeschool co-op, finding a place like what we have here in Vancouver at the Homeschool Resource Center. So much of that stuff is what you do as a mom. To advance the things that you want to see happen in the life of your child, so you know recess and PE and all that stuff. You know, we for years we did that with our homeschool co-op, and uh, I think that you're going to find that as you kind of detox from the public school system and and the the never ending, you know, we got to be on the bus with all of our friends and we got to be in a class with you know thirty other kids to be socialized. This is a wrong, I think, a wrong understanding of what socialism or socialism will that too socializing is for. So your kids are learning how to interact with other kids and they should be learning to interact with you and with other adults and with siblings. And so, um, our answer to that as a family over the years, as I said, was to start the homeschool resource center, you know, before the homeschool resource center, we planted, I think upwards of 60, homeschool cooperatives through a ministry that we had years ago to offer these alternatives to families through their local churches. And so maybe the Lord's going to call you to start that. That's what I ended up doing because what I wanted for my kids wasn't available. And so we started our own. So Robin uh, in Indiana and Krista in New York, be encouraged today because um, I think God's going to do something really big. And you're going to look back on this and be like, oh, that's what he was doing. I love that, Jordan from Pennsylvania. Uh, how do I get in local politics? Into local politics, and how do I know who to support? Uh, I'm telling you what, Jordan. As you, as you move closer to the heart of the political process, you're going to discover that there is corruption on both sides. Sad but true. There are corrupt. Uh, Republicans and there are corrupt Democrats. And so what we need to do instead is be asking questions. It's querying people that are running. What is your stance on pro-life and how can you back up that stance? How do I know that you're not going to fold the first time Planned Parenthood comes and says... Hey, we'll give you your, your little thing in your infrastructure bill as long as you fund uh, the abortion of uh, the abortion services that Planned Parenthood provides. We got to have conversations. You know what that takes? It takes work. So you can look at some of these PACs that are online, like the Right to Life, and they they will uh, showcase uh, representatives that are also pro life. But there are a lot of other issues besides the pro life issue that we are concerned about, right? So. What is your stance on socialism? Uh, so far, and you guys can maybe write in and tell me, I don't know, and I'm just being honest. I don't know of a comprehensive voter guide for people like me, because I'm interested in issues of liberty. I'm interested, where do you stand on the vax, uh, the vaccine passports? Where do you stand on mask mandates? Where do you stand on firing people who don't wanna get the vaccine? Uh, where do you stand on uh, issues of pro-life and on the border and all those kinds of things? And especially- in roles that are supposed to be nonpartisan, and as I told you guys the other day, nothing is nonpartisan. All of these, all of these uh, positions are partisan. They're very partisan in nature, and so uh, this is a time for us to do our homework. So instead of at night, you know, I like I'm telling you guys, instead of sitting down and popping popcorn and watching Netflix, start doing your homework and start seeing this as a time of war for our nation. Because it is. We are a nation that is literally at war with an ideology that seeks to upend this nation and turn it on its head. And uh, they're not messing around when it comes to the Great Reset. Uh, I'll be talking a little bit about that on Monday, talking about the history of of the phrase build back better. You guys thought that was Biden? And it's not. It's a globalist agenda. We're going to talk about that on Monday. In the meantime, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. This is the time right now to just uh, spend some time with your children, remind them that you love them, love your people well, get into the word, join me at Strong International. Remember that study starts on Monday and today is the first day of the scripture writing challenge. Moms with little kids, we also have uh, copy work for you, all kinds of great things. Check it out, momstronginternational.com. Have a great weekend, everybody, and I will see you back here on Monday answering your questions at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.